0: When you're dead, you don't know that you're dead. It's just difficult for everyone else around you. The same thing is true when you're stupid. <laughs> just kidding. They gave him six months. They gave him six months to live. My friend said, I can't pay you, Doc. So I gave him six more. <laughs> <laughs> with Henry with Henny Youngman he's one of the like Rodney Dangerfield like those guys are sort of the masters of quick one liners you know <laughs> And it's fast. I mean, they come at you like a like a machine. You know, they're just like one after the other. You know, and they they don't pause. Their timing is amazing. They don't hesitate. Uh, they must practice their diction. I don't know. It's amazing. Those guys. If you wow.
1: know, no, I I um if it weren't for um the proddings of EJ. I, I wouldn't have investigated any of this. it was it was uh, while I liked humor and I liked comedians I didn't realize the um, the technique or the skill to like timing. you hear timing right but if you don't know what timing is then what's timing right but the the way that the the joke is unfolds uh, is is um, something I just didn't appreciate. Yeah, when I when there was a workshop back in two thousand and five, where we it was a comedy workshop and mm-hmm. EJ had rented they they had rented a facility in Nevada City. Was that where was that jazz one?
2: I missed that one, but I um, I heard about it. But
1: yeah, yeah, and many many people of the <laughs> anybody at the workshop was sort of not required but strongly suggested you go up on stage and tell jokes, right? Fretted over this like I got to tell a joke sort of like what you were saying Hans, I'm like a terrible joke teller. Ah, what am I going to do, right? Oh, I've been worried
0: since the last time we met. Yeah. <laughs> I've for a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I looked I looked on the internet um, for jokes, right? And I I didn't understand the first thing about jokes other than, you know, they're supposed to be funny, right? So, I didn't have any of the other techniques. Didn't know about them. So I just told these sort of um, anti um, uh, sort of like I looked for online for Republican jokes about Democrats. So I thought it would I thought it would be really fun to go up there in a character. Of a Republican at a spiritual workshop, right? To yeah. see if their inclusiveness in their spiritual life would include a Republican.
0: You really got obscure.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I mean it was total, I the, it was all lost. Like the whole idea, the the construction of this Republican. I had a I had an I had found an investment hat like an investment company baseball cap, right? Uh-huh. So I kind of came in as like a you know like a maybe an investment broker or something, right? Put on a little jacket or something so I could embody the part, which I didn't do very well at all. So I delivered these three jokes badly probably, and I was like stu- and we're just one-liners, right? One of them was um where how did he, Bill and Hillary Clinton meet, right and I'm up on stage right on this with spotlights and an audience and all this sort of thing then yeah, and I'm like, how did Bill and Hillary Clinton meet? Cricket, cricket, cricket dating the same girl <laughs> that's pretty good yeah so then later because it just fell flat right there were people that were really good at it right it just really called. really good at it right costumes whole thing the whole thing right oh, man. and um you know not costumes that's the wrong way to say it like in character right would come with a character like i tried to kind of poorly right and then later after the workshop it was when there were still lots of people came right it was like 60 people like back mm-hmm. in the day and you would be randoms people that you were like who the hell's this right and you never see them again right and i was walking outside the theater and these three young guys were like oh they were eyeing up one of the good looking ladies at the workshop right <laughs> and and then i walked past and it was like oh there's the republican it was totally, it just didn't work. <laughs> it was like, no, come on, man. It was a character. No, no, you took me seriously. Yeah. yeah,
2: but, yeah well, yeah. I, I was like, I didn't get into jokes at all. And then back um, when I was still in England, I had these uh, mental issues, so to speak. I was really depressed. And so my friends, they said, well, you know, you should go see a therapist. I said, what's a therapist? Anyway, they gave me a rundown, so I went along to, to see the therapist. I must have been 19, 20, still at university, just, you know, you, you know, you got all the pressures of studying and everything. And so anyway, the therapist comes in and he goes through talks, that gives me, I, I don't know how many questions about my childhood, where I went to school, any incidents, any of this. He said, "Look, what what I'd like to do. I I, I haven't been able to find anything. I want to give you a a, a Rorschach blood test." I said, "Okay, sure. I'll, I'll try it. I'm desperate. I'm you know, I'm just ready to end it right now." And he said, "Okay, look, look. Just take this test and let's see what happens." So anyway, he comes in with the, with the blood test and and he's showing me, and he shows me the first one. I said, "Oh." That's, that's like two cows doing it. That The one on, in the back is on its hind legs and pumping away. And he said, okay, and, and the next one. And I said, oh, my God, that's a man and a woman. They're in a 69. And then he, he gives me the next one, and he carries I I said, that's a pig. That's two doggies. That's Anyway, so he said, okay, very, very good, okay, so... Uh, let me let me have a look at this, and I'll come right back to you. He left the room for a couple of minutes and came back in and said, "You know, I think I figured out what's wrong with you." I said, "What?" He said, "It's a sexual thing. You're just totally obsessed with sex." And I said, uh, "How did you come out with that?" He said, "Well, on the Rorschach blot test, every every single one was was." You know, you said it's this, it's two animals, it's a man and a woman. I said, yeah. And he said, Well, you have a problem with sex. And I said I said, me? I have a problem with sex. You're the one showing me all the dirty pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: That was pretty, that's another, you have me kind of laughing already, you know, in anticipation. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I got distracted. No, oh, no, yeah. no, no, it's good. But that was pretty good. That was, that was good. I uh, see, now you could tell jokes because that was, you had me going from the, even though I knew it was a joke, I was kind of laughing, just, yeah, yeah. With the story <laughs> part, with the story
2: yeah. part. Yeah, that technique I learned from you, Yeah, me too. Me too. He he is just just amazing. He'll go down this road, then he'll go there, then he'll go there, then here. And he comes back. (laughs) Take my wife, take my wife, please, take my wife. I take my wife everywhere. I take my wife everywhere. She keeps finding her way home.
0: That's how he opens it. He opens the whole damn set up, you know, take my wife, you know, and you're like, what? You know. (laughs) This
1: is 1940. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. That was funny to see, uh, sometimes we watch um, what is the Ed Sullivan show on uh, MeTV and they play that every Sunday and to see uh, like
0: uh, um,
3: George Carlin on there. Yeah. Back then, right? Like I mean, he's a foul mouth today, right? But back then these guys were all clean, eh? <laughs> <laughs> He's a
0: great storyteller. George Carlin, right? Oh
3: yeah. Yeah.
2: Well well Mac Hands. You, you used to, I remember back in the day you used to go on about, uh, you want to be able to go up and do stand-up comedy on a stage. I remember That's you. Went,
3: I still do. You still do. still do? At least for one minute. So I can say I did it and mostly so I can just see what that feels like. Hmm. And, I mean, I've been on stage, you know, performing as a musician
0: a lot. And you were
3: an actor. But that's, that's, it's so different because, I mean, you're up there by yourself.
0: And you were an actor.
3: And you don't have, like, a song that a person can say, well, I don't really like that song or, you know, that's kind of a crappy song. But, you know, you still get a little bit of credit one way or another. Whereas the jokes, it's either hit or miss. Mm -hmm. So, so that, did
1: you do it, Hans? Did you do it?
3: I haven't done it yet, but my brother did. And actually, I just found out about six weeks ago that my brother did this. My brother has passed away now for about twelve years or so. And my sister told me, yeah, he uh, he went up on stage and he didn't do well, apparently. <laughs> right? <laughs> and but he's Not too many people he's, do. He's such a funny guy like around people, right? And everyone would say, you should be a comedian, you to be a comedian, right? And so apparently when he went up on stage, it was like, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, hello my baby, hello my darling guy. Yeah. sounds <laughs> funny. I
1: had, a, I had a student back in the day who was writing a writing a short a short movie, twenty minute movie, right, drama, and he uh, it was basically a story about a a guy who always wanted to be a comic, right, teenager, right. He played the character himself, but he was horrible at it. So somewhere when he was young, somebody when he was twelve, an aunt or somebody said, "You're really funny," and he held on to it, right. So he made it sort of his life goal to the character in the movie to be funny. And he thought he was funny, but he wasn't, right? And so the whole film's about this character kind of coming to the realization that he's not funny after wanting that with all the fibers in his being, right? So what this student did, which was really terrific, he went to an open mic, like a literal open mic, and he had a kind of skeleton and clandestine crew so he had a couple of plants in the audience that were part of his his game, and he had somebody filming it, right? So he was basic, and this was gonna be in his movie, so what he, what he decided to do, he, he sort of went to this comedy club with an open mic, and he bombed on purpose. On purpose. Wow. And then, when he bombed and everybody was like, uh, you know, like he would say really bad jokes, like, you know, all the other students got Fs, I got Gs. and there's some really horrible one-liners right and then he he acts he has a breakdown on the stage like as part of the film like this is the moment Mm -hmm. where the character realizes he's not funny and so but it's all played in live in the world so that these people in the audience start to get really concerned <laughs> the club manager gets really concerned cuz he's really acting out a breakdown on stage cuz he's realizing he's not funny and everybody like then so it was and it was filmed right and that's how the film sort of concludes with this scene kind of amazing yeah. that he would do this and then after it was over, and it's like okay, the shootings did. We got it okay. We got everything. The club manager and other patrons are like outside trying to like. Should we help? You know, they 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 bought the whole thing, so they wanted wow. to like have him you know go visit a, a therapist like Jazz right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's takes some guts.
1: Yeah, he's he was pretty he is pretty amazing, but it was, was pretty incredible to be you know quote unquote teaching somebody like that.
0: There, I had a uh, there were when I was living in Chicago, there was a little bar. There's a bar in every corner in Chicago, but there, it was—it like, <laughs> really is next to the church, you know. And there they did. It was just a watering hole. It literally just a like usually old bunch of old Polish guys were hanging out there, but it was like in transition, turning into a little bit like a, almost like a not really, but like a sort of a loser hipster hangout, you know. Mm-hmm. But they have pinballers. I know that place. There's like yeah, five they, of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but they would do the things our bar place. no but similar very similar that uh this was called uh Stella's and Stella was a person an old uh Polish lady with like weird you know just really built in a way and and um in a large way and and um but they but she wasn't she just owned the place she was gone now and a lot of the old timers were gone but they would host once a week for a while, they were doing a stand-up night, and uh, and God, it was. I would I was just going there every day just to drink, you know, and and um, <laughs> but and uh, but so I just happened in on it sometimes, occasionally. And it was just painful to watch, you know, it just wasn't. And I was getting drunk. So I would like say things like, what are you, what are you even doing? You know, stop trying, you know, and, uh, and, um, and then the guy who hosted the stand-up thing, he came over to me and he said, listen, these people are really putting in a significant effort, leave them alone. I guess I was an asshole heckler, you know. Not that bad, but I was. But then the bartender, my friend Annie, one reason I'd go in there, because I thought she was cute, she's a friend, and she's funny. She went up, she's not a stand-up, she went up and did it. She goes, I'm going to go wing it. She went up there, and she just, she was so damn funny. She brought the house down. I wasn't setting up a joke. This is a true thing, another true event. And she was funny. I was waiting for the punchline. I know. Well, that's the punchline. That's as good as it <laughs> can. All right, that's it, folks. Don't look for anything else. There was um
1: there was a story too. You reminded me of a story that happened last summer. It was last summer here in Tremidal when all the people come for the for the two weeks in August. Everybody sort of like a school of fish comes home to Tremidal. And you know, there's a fiesta. And there's some people here that are great, and there's some people here that aren't liked. You know, typical village life. And there was this guy here that really nobody likes, and his parents are a little bit hard to deal with. And he's a policeman down in Barco. He's like a Barco policeman. Ooh. And he's a bit st- by the book, by the rules.
0: Oh, he's a Barney Fife. He's a yeah, and so, yeah. yeah. In Spanish, Spanish Barney
1: Fife. Yeah, what's really interesting is like he was here, you know, and he was here and his family was here and people, you know, his mother and father were here and he was telling a story. But what I knew about him was really funny because like everybody here knows in Barco, when he writes tickets, he writes tickets because you're like five kilometers over the speed limit. Like he's a bit <laughs> obsessive. So what's yep. really nice about a small town is the, the the city hall or town hall rather just throws them away. Right. They oh. don't. <laughs> just So like he's just like it's known what he is. Right. He's just a bit too too obsessive and too rule-bound, you know. He was telling his story because he was really kind of bragging that he had written a a ticket to the local priest. So so the cura took me a while because I thought they were called padres, but here they're curas, right? There's a cura down in the valley who's well-known for drinking, and carousing with women. He apparently has how's like, you, like do, little you know? liaisons in, in, in various villages that he's in, he's in charge of. So he's a bit of a character, right? So the, the, the policeman was taking advantage of everybody sort of like already like, oh yeah, that guy, that priest that like drinks all the time and sleeps yeah. with married women.
0: Philandry so he was
1: saying, you know, I found him down on uh, N114 110, sorry, N110 in the valley, our, our big two lane highway. And he was going like 40 kilometers in the middle of the day down the road. So I pulled him over to find out what was going on. So he tells the story. He he um, walks up to the, the car. He knows it's the priest. Everybody knows what car everybody drives. So he goes and the priest is very happy and like, hey, what's going on? God bless you. You know, all this sort of stuff. And the the the, the, the policeman says, hey, um, you're going 40 kilometers on a highway that's 100. He's like, yeah, 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 I know. I'm just having a good time in life. And, and the, 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 the priest is a bit too talkative. And the, the the cop or the police officer says, smells like alcohol in there. No, no, no. He says, no, no, no. Show me what you got in that bottle. No, it's just a water bottle. Look, look. And the priest smells. He goes, oh, my God. Good Lord. He's done it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) That's
2: pretty good. Oh, you you must have a funny story. You've been around.
3: Nothing, nothing. You guys, you guys ever hear about Newfoundland? You know where Newfoundland is?
1: Oh, yeah. I, in the States, we call it Newfoundland. New
3: yeah. Newfoundland. Oh, Newfoundland. <laughs> Newfoundland, yeah. Yeah. We I call know. it the land of the Newfies there, by <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um... I was up there about a month or two ago, I think it was, can't remember, Um, and uh, there was this big commotion going on by this little little gift shop in this little town I used to frequent, and so the sheriff was out there and all that and a bunch of people and stuff, so I trotted over there, wanted to see what's going on, and uh, I started talking to people, and they uh, apparently, they found a skeleton up in the attic of this gift shop. The old lady who runs the gift shop. she doesn't go up there very much, right? But every once a year, some she's putting something up there or taking something down from the attic. and so yeah, she found this skeleton. And uh, so the sheriff came to investigate, of course uh, and uh, they found out that it was Newfoundland's hide-and-seek champion. (laughs) (laughs) But even my cock has a mustache. And he wakes me up, me and my girlfriend in the morning. All All the other hands in the roost don't like it either. It's a conspiracy. What is it with restrooms? I don't ever see people resting in there. They're all working, either playing fireman or rubbing helmets or girls are talking about how stupid their stupid husbands are. Restrooms. Excuse me ladies, I need to go have a little nap before the main course. I'm gonna curl up beside a toilet or maybe lean up against a nice warm urinal. Restrooms. Mm. Sometimes they call them bathrooms. I don't ever see anyone taking a bath in there. My brother duck's going to take up all the room in that little sink. That's a conspiracy. There's so many conspiracies going on. There's actually a couple of renowned scientists right now that are saying that the Earth is round. Yeah, this pancake we're living on is actually a ball. Everything would just fall away, wouldn't it? Who comes up with this shit? Damn conspiracies! Anybody know why uh, Miss Biggie can't count to a hundred? No, Hello? no, no. Because when she gets to sixty-nine, she's got a frog in her mouth.
0: <laughs>
3: what about Ovaltine? Any of you guys ever drink Ovaltine? Why do they call it Ovaltine? It's not oval. No, it's round. You should call it (laughs) round-team. What about Q-tips? They don't look like Qs. They look more like dumbbells. You should call them dumbbell tips. Or just dumb tips. You should call things what they are. Take an orange, for instance. They call it an orange. So why do they call a banana a banana? Why don't they just call it a yellow? It's so stupid. Life is so freaking stupid. Mm -hmm. All my life I thought life is so stupid. My mother says I'm a compulsive liar and that eventually I'm going to start to believe my lies like they were the truth. Does that mean I won't be a liar anymore? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's these three monks, right? and they're living up in the Himalayas. They each got their own caves, side by side, mind you, kind of like, you know, um, townhouses, right? Brownstones. And so the three monks are up there and they've been meditating there a long, long time, right? But anyway, one sunny morning, it's all calm. Can hear the birds tweeting a bit? And they're deep in meditation And all of a sudden, this animal walks by the caves. Well, good. Golly, 10 years passes by. And one of the monks, the first monk, he pipes up and says, hey, that was a moose that just walked by. Well, things settle down a bit. Gee, another 10 years goes by they're meditating away and the second monk he says that ain't no moose that was a mountain goat time goes on time goes on another 10 years the third monk really angry he says you guys stop arguing or i'm going to a new mountain (laughs) There's these two, uh, back to Newfoundland or Newfoundland, <laughs> these two uh, carpenters working away and they start sawing this big two by 12 board on the table saw and the uh, board gets jammed in the blade and kicks up and takes the one newfies ear right off his head and so, the other Newfie's just scrambling around everywhere trying to find his buddy's ear. And he picks an ear up off the floor and he says, look, I found your ear. And the Newfie is holding the, the blood from dripping off the side of his head says, says, hey, my ear, mine had a pencil behind it. <laughs> 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 there's there's there's
2: also something about being able to laugh at yourself, mm. so that's why you can identify it as Polish or Irish or as a Newbie. It, it reminds me back in 2012. I no, was, yeah, 2012. I was at the London Olympics in July, and you know how England is; they have a pub in every corner. So I went out drinking with my mates. You know, Johnny from. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's what they call just so you know if you're not from England, that's what they call their friends. They use the word mates. mates. Oh, did oh, I say mates? Mate. Yes, oh, okay. you use the word oh, mates. Just... You just didn't want to confuse anybody. That means friend.
3: Totally... I, didn't know were, I didn't know you were gay, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a happy boy. I'm a
2: happy boy. <laughs> But anyway, we were sitting around the pub and, you know, you have a drink and you keep drinking and you keep drinking. And then, you know, my friends, because uh, this is from all my mates from university. So there's a Welsh guy and the Scottish guy and the Irish guy. And they're, come on, let's we, the tickets for the Olympics in in that summer. was so hard to come by. They're very hard. It was, you know. Very high demand. They were all sold out. But my friends, you know, after a few drinks, come on, let's let's try and get in. And so um Hamish, he came from Glasgow. He, he picks up one of those manhole covers and, and he, he goes up to the security guard near ticket. He says, Hamish, Scotland, Disc, discus. <laughs> I'm in the I and, the, and,
0: the,
2: and the security guard says, okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> then my friend, uh, Johnny, he, he, you know, there's been a lot of construction. There's lots of construction going on. He picks up this huge pole and he walks up to the security guard and he <laughs> says, Thompson, England, Javelin. That's a the security guard says. Go, 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 go. And so then my... Other friend um uh, what's his name, Paddy. He's he's from uh, Donegal and, and he, he's he there's this barbed wire uh, around around the perimeter of the stadium and he, he picks it up and he wraps it around himself and he goes up to the security guard <laughs> and he says Paddy Island fencing <laughs> <laughs>